Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Guy Investing Podcast with your host, Jeff Brown, and our guest, Chris Laspada. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast with Elite CPA, Chris Laspada. How you doing, Chris? Good, Jeff. Thanks for the uh, kind words as usual. Well, today we're going to talk about planning for 2018 with all the, the new laws and the uh, tax bill that was recently passed. What are some of the basic things that you think people should start thinking about now for April of 2019? Well, that's a good question because now you're dealing with clients with mindsets of, hey, I got to get everything filed for 17. But I think what we're talking about is because of this new tax law, you have to look ahead already, even though April 19 seems far away. So, you know, when we're looking, when we're looking ahead here to 2018, the good thing is, you know, we're going to have lower rates, but we're also going to have big changes to the standard and itemized deductions where most clients, I think, or most taxpayers could be limited to the standard deduction going forward, which probably takes away the benefits of charitable giving for some clients. So we're going to have that come into play. The other things that are that are going to come into play for 2018 are those people with children, you know, that child tax credit, and I love tax credits because obviously it's real money, it's dollared off the tax, that those income limits have been raised for those that can take that child tax credit. So while the limit went up, the limitation, the income limitation also went up. So that could help more people than than were currently being benefited under that rule. Some other things that have come into play is the mortgage interest deduction. You know, now the debt is down from a million dollars to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now that limit only applies to mortgages after December 15, 2017 pre-existing mortgages are grandfathered in. So so now we're going to rely on our clients and you know the taxpayers are going to have to make sure, you know, they keep good records about this deduction because if they run into a situation where they have a property and then they have a, another property making sure they're reporting correctly under those limits. The uh, one of the negative things is the home equity debt of up to $100,000 is now not deductible and there's no grandfather on that. And the, and the other thing from those from a high income tax states, the state and local tax deduction, along with your property taxes, is now limited to $10,000. So it is not only incredibly painful, but you're seeing different states starting to react to this, where they're trying to come up with different ideas on how they can work around this. It'll be very interesting to see what ideas they come up with, because as we both know, and everybody knows, it's not like they're going to take in less tax revenue. You know, they're just finding a different spot to get it from. So business owners, I would say, be on a watch out if your state ends up trying to do a workaround because of this takeaway from the 2018 law. Which is incredibly painful for California, New York, and a few other states. Correct. Now, as far as the various deductions, so you have a married couple who the new deduction is $24,000. Is that somehow limited or is there a choice between taking that $24,000 and say 
four and a quarter interest rate on a $700,000 loan plus whatever the, say, $10,000 in real estate taxes. Are you taking both of them or are you having to make a choice? How does that work now? Well, it, it's just going to be very similar to before is if your rate of minus deductions add up to higher than the standard deduction, you're going to take that. It's just that there's less things that will be included now. And plus you're limiting probably the biggest itemized deduction that's been out there, which is the state, local, and property taxes. So now with that limited to $10,000, just doing you know the simple math is you're going to have to have mortgage interest of $14,000. And if you sprinkle in some charitable contributions, yeah, you're probably going to take the itemized deduction. But I think what you'll see is with the home equity interest not counting, you know, you could possibly see, you are going to see more standard deductions than previously. Right. Because if you had, say, a four, a little over 4% on 700000 they might have $29,000, $30,000 of interest. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an interesting statistics that, I, that I've read. And it's, you think of these numbers and it is kind of startling that there's an estimate that 94% of households will claim the standard deduction in 2018. And that's up from about 70% currently. You know, you, you think about that and obviously- in our practice, you know, we have a lot of clients that do itemize, but 70% up to 94%, I mean, that's that's some pretty staggering numbers. Well, that also, it's, it's, it's interesting because that almost exactly parallels the percentage split between accredited investors and non-accredited investors in the country. 4% of the adult population are accredited. 96% aren't. Yeah, and that, that's, that, that, that's a very good point when you look at that is... Yeah, that would, that would make a lot of sense. And what about the various depreciation for big property owners that might own several small, say, residential rentals and, and have a, a ton of extra depreciation over and above their cash flow and, say, make uh, $95,000 a year so they can use that depreciation? Is that going to be affected at all? Well, the, the 179 limits uh, were increased now different from the numbers that you know you just stated that 179 limit is a million dollars for 2018 and beyond now there was always a cap on the amount of equipment you could purchase in order to take that deduction that is also increased to two and a half million. Oh, before you go on, before you go on. Yeah. I was talking about long-term held real estate that had depreciation used against cash flow from the real estate. And if they had, say, 5000 in cash flow for a particular property, but that year they, they had 10000 in depreciation, they normally are able to use that extra 5000 to offset ordinary income. Is that going to change? No, that that won't change. No, I mean- we're working under the assumption that, you know, they have $5,000 in rental losses and they're under the limits. We're not talking real estate professional. They're under those limits where they can still take rental losses and deduct them if they're under that certain income limit. So that, that, that does not change. Okay. All right. What, what impressed you as maybe the most beneficial new twist in in the in this this tax bill. I think the most beneficial and yet at the same time the most complex item of this bill and the ones you know that has gotten a lot of discussion so far is the section 199A deduction. Everybody is talking about it those with pass through entities, you know, it applies to sole proprietors, partnerships, S corps 
And basically, I just equate it to the equalization, let's just say, if C corporation rates were reduced, Section 199A gave that, that was a way of passing that on to the non-C corp entities because before that, everybody was going to start asking, should I switch back to C corp? And I think this 199A was the solution to that. So the one thing I can tell you I absolutely hate about it is service providers, me being one. So the fact that the fact that service providers are they're not it's not that they're ineligible, but there's limitations there. So, you know, so that kind of, you know, makes things a little difficult. I mean, we're you know, we could be looking at, you know, some strategies our taxpayer is going to form multiple entities to possibly try to get around this. You know, they're going to have to look at their wages paid because that's part of the equation. There's a lot of moving parts to this equation. So I think what's going to happen after one files their return is starting to look at their particular situations to see what they need to do to basically maximize this deduction because everybody could be in a different situation. Do you see this anything in this new bill that's going to grow into a common mistake made by people who do their own taxes? Do you see a pitfall anywhere where it's just that because when I when I advise clients on an, on their investment plan for retirement, Chris, I often mention the principle that you can't defend against the answer to a question that you don't know to ask. And so, do you see any of that? In any uh, real ditch in the road someplace where people might just not know and just wander into it? Uh, I think, I, th- I mean, I the one we just talked about, I think doing this section 199A on your own, I think potentially could lead to problems uh, just because of how it gets calculated. It's funny, before you said new tax law, the first thing that came to my head was with real estate investors, I've seen many self-prepared returns where they just take all their losses and call themselves a real estate professional, not realizing they didn't meet the requirements. Right. And the IRS comes in and looks at that return. And it's probably the quickest case they ever had, you know, and and a lot of times too, anytime you have a depreciation schedule on a return that's self-prepared, I think that's a potential pitfall because I think sometimes, you know, certain systems, for some reason may let you override a section 179 when it didn't exist. And we didn't even talk about bonus depreciation, but you have new bonus depreciation rules, which are very beneficial. But I think someone self-preparing a return isn't going to look at the depreciation expense and look at it and figure out, yes, I understand how this was calculated. This is correct. Or, hey, you know what? I, I, I misentered something on the schedule and that's causing my deductions to be overstated. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I, in the future, I can already tell our listeners here today that uh, we're going to be talking about 199A and 179 in a lot more detail. Thank you for everything you've given us today. This new tax law is uh, going to be fun to watch as it rolls out. What I say about new tax law is it's, it's very good for business for us. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Listen, thanks a lot, uh, Chris, and uh, we'll see you next time. No problem. Everybody, we appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time out. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bald Guy Investing Podcast with Jeff Brown and our guest, 
Chris Laspada.